Welcome to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond, along with Maurice Hawkins, who's driving to his Christmas, uh, his family's house for Christmas. So he's on the phone. But look, we wanted to give you the latest information on this matchup with Dallas. And as quickly as things have changed, as we've learned over the last couple of weeks, like you give it a day and the whole scenario changes of who's starting and who's available. So it just made sense to try to cut it as close to possible to game time. Uh, so Maurice, first of all, hope you're uh, paying attention. Don't get too crazy. <laughs> Don't get too wound up as, we're, as we talk through Dallas here. Uh, but hopefully you have a good uh, good trip uh, ahead of you so far. Yeah, so far the road conditions have been pretty good, pretty uh, straightforward, and everything's in front of you. Unlike uh, Washington football the past couple of weeks where everything has been up and down, left and right, you know, topsy-turvy, confusing, just, you know, just a, just a wild time for the team, and uh a wild time going downward, fortunately, as it looks like our playoff chances are on life support right now. And uh, I think the position's getting ready to cut off the life, um, the life support <laughs> system. Well, I, unfortunately, I believe that is the case. If Washington loses on Sunday, they will officially be eliminated from the playoffs. I think you can get in at this point with nine wins, but you can't get in with eight. And uh, finishing, you know, seven and ten or eight and nine just isn't going to cut it, uh, I believe. Uh, maybe they still has hope out there because um, you still have against the Eagles, you still have against the uh, Giants, and the Giants look like they're just done for. Um, the Eagles, they still have some fight in them. Who knows what their their game on Sunday, how it turns out? We'll talk about that in just a minute, but. So let's give you the latest on Washington, though. Um, Washington is, and we're recording this at 2.49 on Friday, Christmas Eve. Uh, the latest news out of Washington, probably the thing we did not most expect. We've been dealing with COVID. And the team is coming back healthy. We'll get into that. But unfortunately, uh, last night, the seizure, um, safety to Shazer Everett uh, got into a car accident. His 2010 Nissan GTR. Uh, went off the side of the road and uh, flipped, hit a few a few trees, rolled over. It killed his passenger, Olivia Peters, uh, who's 29, of Las Vegas, who succumbed uh, to her injuries uh, at the local hospital uh, up there in Northern Virginia, Loudoun County. Um, Shays is being treated for injuries. It's not considered life-threatening, but he's officially... I think it's one of these situations, I think kind of like how we saw with Monte Nicholson a few years ago, but also other players, there will likely be an investigation. And, and even if they are at all remotely healthy, you know, or able to recover, uh, you know, I think that there's probably going to be an investigation that's going to rule him out. But I, I think if judging by things, I mean, I think prayers definitely to the family of Olivia Peters, but also to, to Shays' uh, family, because, I mean, this could be a situation where you may have a Tiger Woods. I remember when Tiger Woods flipped his car, and, uh, you know, you see him out there last weekend playing with his son, but he's not the same old Tiger. And this could be it for Shays, depending on how bad his injuries are. Any thoughts there, Maurice? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, 
Yeah, I think the first thing you want to pray for the um, person who to the injuries and accident. I mean, I mean, not only is it terrible any time of the year, it's especially terrible during this time of year around the holidays when so many people are coming together under the spirit of happiness and joy and prosperity and to suffer something like that at this time of year. So it's really tragic. Uh, you know, prayers for the Shazer Everett, Everett that he has a speedy recovery and that whatever injuries he sustained, they're not career-ending injuries. Then the other yeah. thing, you just hope, you just hope and pray that uh, that this was truly an accident that you know that he might have lost control of his vehicle and not something that is attributed to some kind of activity that he may have been involved with that would have impaired his judgment and decision-making that led to that accident. So you have to let the investigators do their fact-finding, but I'm uh, just praying that uh, that's not the case for Shane Jeffrey. And just, you know, another example of some of the challenges the team has gone through this season, I mean, this being a major challenge, you know, when someone loses their life to an accident and just the... Um, spectacle as it relates to the media is something that unfortunate brings to the Shazer personally, but the Washington football team overall. Absolutely. Uh, you know, look, I mean, we, these things happen. I guess this would be a good reminder to say, if you drink while you're out, enjoy the holidays, enjoy New Year's, just, just call an Uber, just call a car. You know, these, uh, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but the NFL actually has a, a limo service that any player, any, for any reason, can call and get a free ride home um, so that they don't drive uh, impaired. And uh, it's something just a reminder for all of us that, uh, you know, if you do enjoy the holidays, as I like to do, <laughs> you know, you, you, don't, you don't drive drunk. Um, if that is indeed the case or whatever the case may be, you, you could have been it may not even be a, a drug situation. You could just could have been up for too late and just got tired. Just if you you just don't have it in you, don't, don't try to drive home. And um, so it's just, it's unfortunate. So I really hope, I mean, Shazer has been fantastic on this team. He's been a, one of these guys that's always made a clutch play when you needed him. Um, so the fact that he is now out and just gone, um, you know, indefinitely, it, it is super unfortunate uh, for this franchise. Um, I'll give you one other piece of unfortunate news is that it looks like we have more coaches back into the COVID protocol. Chris Harris, defensive backs coach, um, assistant, uh, uh, assistant uh, offensive coach, Jim Hostetler, who I think is also the, um, the tight ends coach. And, uh, TV's Nichols coach, uh, Brent Weissmiller, uh, Vincent Rivera. He's, of course, uh, the quality control. He's, he's He will miss another one. He's been on the COVID list. And then Christian Garcia, who is a coaching intern. So we've had a number of COVID. We had seven out last week, or I guess on Wednesday or Tuesday. And I don't know how many have cleared out of there. We've, they've been clear about like which players have been able to get out, but um, coaches that we may still be down at a, a number of coaches um i guess a bit of good news 
is that we've got Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, Cam Curl, and Kendall Fuller. And Kendall Fuller wasn't vaccinated. So the fact that we've got Fuller back is fantastic uh, against Dallas because we're going to need every, every, every player we can against that team. Uh, what do you think about having about having Kendall Fuller and, and Kyle Allen and Cam Curl out on the field? Do, how much do you think that's going to make a big difference on Sunday against this uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys team? I mean, I think that makes this, I mean, the more of your regular starters that you have in your lineup, the better. Um, however, you know, I think we're going to need that a lot more to beat this Cowboys team. Like, look, this is a, a Dallas Cowboys team on the defensive side of the ball that's playing lights light out. Like, we saw the level are, of... absolutely. We saw the level of disruption uh, that Dallas unleashed on Washington's offense two weeks ago. I mean, arguably, Taylor Heineke had, like, the worst game of his career. Maybe the Buffalo game was worse. Uh, you know, with the turnovers and, you know, the touchdown run and the interception. I mean, they just made him uncomfortable in that game. So you really got to question what Scott Turner and the Washington fucking coaching staff is going to cook up to keep the Dallas defense off balance and give Heineke some time to operate inside the pocket when he gets the ball down the field. But, I mean, even, you know, if he's able to do that, he is he's limited on his weapons too. I mean, like McLaurin really hasn't played like McLaurin in a while. You know, Logan Thomas is out for this season. You know, and the other wide receivers, you know, they've shown some flashes of brilliance, but you haven't seen that secondary target emerge this season to complement Terry. And that was something we really need. So I'm a bit apprehensive about what this team's prosperity could be against Dallas on prime time this Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, it really it comes down to if there was ever a game that mattered everything to Washington. And <laughs> Unfortunately, it matters very, very little to the Dallas Cowboys because as of last night, um, they are uh, they clinched the playoffs. So, you know, they don't have a a, a home berth, uh, but they do have a uh, or, you know, a, a bye week. Um, but they do have a, uh, you know, a playoff spot like so they will be in the playoffs. Um so that is very unfortunate for, you know, those of us that hate Dallas. <laughs> you know, yeah. I would love Dallas to go 0-17 every year. Um, but it makes you wonder, like, how are they going to play this? Because sensibly they could just play bully ball and go out and beat Washington. But, I mean, do they put it in cruise control? Do they try to save their – get healthy for the playoffs? Their offense against us was terrible. Let's let's just be fair. Their defense was awesome. Our defense played well. We started to come back. We could have come back. Um, it's just we ran out of time and, and, and a little bit of talent. And so in the case with Dallas this time, I mean, the, the knock against them has been their offense is still dreadful. They were not great against the Giants, but the Giants are also putrid. Um like, do they just, for lack of a better term, do they cash it in, wait for the Eagles to knock the Washington out of the playoffs, or do they take advantage of the situation and and try to end Washington's season right there? 
potentially also losing a key player, like losing Dak Prescott or or uh, or Amari Cooper or somebody else that they need to go deep in the playoffs. Well, I, if you're in, if you're in Dallas' shoes, I think you want to try to win as much as you can when you can. And even though they've clinched the playoff spot, I don't think they're in a situation right now where they need to take their foot off the gas. I think, if anything, you put your foot on the gas more because Dallas is still in a fight with Green Bay to potentially get that number one seed. So Green Bay has some challenging opponents coming up. You know, they got this. Uh, um, the Vikings last game of the season. So there's some tough games they got to battle to try to secure uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And if I'm the Cowboys, you know, you, you get a first-round bye uh, and, you know, playing at AT&T Stadium, you know, that goes a long way. So I think they still have a lot to play for. And then, oh, by the way, I think they can win the division by beating Washington on Sunday night, which would be a feather in their cap, you know, as a fellow NFC East opponent. So, there's still a lot for them to play for. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, how much they will execute based off where the team will be if they play a primetime game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I, 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 unfortunately, I think I agree with you on that. And, you know, Washington has everything to play for if they, if they lose, they're out. Uh, and they're going to be without Cole Holcomb, potentially. And Brandon Sheriff, who were who still remain on the um, COVID list, uh, Wendell Smallwood went in there December seventeenth. He should be able to come off pretty quick if he's vaccinated. And I don't remember if Tyler Larson was vaccinated or not. I remember there was one player who was definitely adamant that he was not going to get vaccinated. That may be Larson. Uh, he's been on there six to sixteenth, and so that's that's frustrating. Um, because, you know, this is where you need those guys. It kind of also makes you wonder, though, if Dallas, um, you know, like we saw last week how quickly our our fortunes changed, right? Um, you know, could Dallas potentially end up having a situation where they, you know, are fielding a quarterback that's not on their roster and a bunch of other crazy players because they run into issues with COVID. Uh, I mean, Sunday is only a couple days away. We're going to be with a lot of family and friends over the next 24. Uh, you know, potentially, could you see a situation? Like, I think uh, uh, the Buccaneers are currently, they're, they're in a spot right now where they've got the, you know, they're, they're taking their term with all of the COVID issues. Um, and I think Baltimore is as well. I think I saw um you know, and that, and that could really change the season. So you're right. I think they could give uh, Dallas something to play for, especially if, if it looks like the Bucks are struggling at the moment um, because of because uh, of COVID injury. Um, looks like too. Also, Washington will be without Landon Collins and potentially Antonio Gibson and William Jackson the uh, third. Jackson and Collins could be out long term. So we may have to see uh, BSJ step up as a corner. How confident do you think BSJ will be against uh, against Dallas offense? Oh, I'm not confident at all right now. You think he's um, better than Corn Elder, though, right? Like, 
we had Corn Elder out there against uh, the Eagles and uh, former Panther player. I don't think he played all that well. Yeah, I, I think the thing I think right now we're in a precarious situation because you know we've got players that are out that we in critical areas that we need them in, and at the most inopportune time, you know it just feels like so much bad is happening with the team right now when we really had so much hope a couple of weeks ago, and uh, right now we're running out of bodies that can yeah. perform, and that's a, and that's the problem. Uh, for this team, you know, moving, moving forward, and you know, I'm kind of curious as to can we say the team is better this year than they were last year? At this point, you know, we seem to improve play, but just you know, you know, being six and eight going into the last three games, you know, like if they lose, I mean, if they lose on Sunday, they can't have a winning season. So there's still a lot to play for. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's some things you, you want to see who, what you have in this team and and what this team can fight for. Uh, it really kind of makes you go back and and think, like, man, if they if they had only done a little bit differently with the kicker situation earlier this season, where I think they were probably a little too quick to get rid of Hopkins mid-season without a plan. You know, do they do better against Denver? Do they do better against some of those other games that they lost? The Saints, um, just you know, you, you kind of wish you had some of those back because maybe they dug themselves too big of a hole to climb out of. Like last season, they they dug themselves out of their hole by playing, going, getting hot in the season, staying healthy. This season, they seem to not have it. Um, it, 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 or it's not have it as, as fortunate as they had last time. So, um, I mean, you lose JD McKessick, you, you're down Antonio Gibson. I mean, you're going to be looking at like potentially Jared Patterson and Jonathan Williams as your running backs, uh, especially if you can't get Wendell Smallwood, if, if, if he can't, if he can't give you anything on Sunday. I don't know that that's a recipe for success, especially when you've got a wide receiver too. Your receivers really haven't given you too much out of McLaurin. Uh, I mean, McLaurin has done his, you know, I mean, aside from McLaurin, McLaurin's done amazing. He is still, uh, he he's has 859 yards on the season. So he needs like 141 to get to a thousand. Do you think McLaurin gets to a thousand in the course of the next three games? Do you think they get him one hundred and forty-one? I I would say no because our <sighs> offense has struggled getting him the ball and getting yeah. him involved early. You know, so it just seems like he's like an afterthought. You know, uh, now maybe the fact that Gibson is a bit kippy and it's unclear whether or not he's going to play on Sunday, but they got to look at another offensive weapon. But you know. The team has really struggled because defenses have been able to, you know, double team McLaurin and take him out of the game. And I think, you know, our quarterback, you know, if, you know, if he's not open at their first or second read, they're not going to him. So yeah. there has to be a commitment to getting Terry in the ball. And I really have not seen our offense get creative and lining him up in different spots and different locations to create mismatches against. Closing teams, DBs. 
where he can get the ball open. So that's a part of the problem with Washington as well, is how conservative our offense is and our inability to get our playmakers the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, like last Sunday, uh, or I guess, I'm sorry, I keep thinking Sunday, but it really was Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday night. You know, when we when we played against the Eagles, we uh, they had that there was that one pass to Adam Humphreys that hit him right in the chest of the end zone, and Adam Humphreys, who has been just a lock, a lock for all catches, always getting first downs. Like what an unfortunate time to develop the drops, and um, you know that that would have been huge. But yeah, we haven't seen many shots to McLaurin in the end zone we haven't seen um you know she's like like last week he had 51 yards but not really anything red zone targeted and it's just unfortunate because i you know he's such a good receiver but he's being held back by quarterback play that has been subpar um i can't wait to have the discussion with you once we get through this season uh but maybe we'll have it right now maybe we'll do a preliminary maurice if you had your Christmas wish and it was Washington make it to the playoffs or Washington has a top seven draft pick or you could go get a quarterback, either Kenny Pickett or Matt Coral, what do you want? What would be your Christmas wish? And you're not going and you're not trading picks because, you know, like Giants have got three first rounders. I think the Eagles have got three first rounders. Uh, you're not trading, right? This is just, you got, you know, just how it ended up. You, you, you know, your season just fell apart at the end. What's your, what's your lean? What would you rather have as your Christmas wish? I, I say your playoff appearance because the bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. That's true. You know, just look, look at it from this standpoint. Look how much optimism Washington fans had going into 2021 because we won the division and had a playoff appearance last year. You know, that that one game, that one playoff appearance totally transformed the perspective of Washington fans of this team going into this season. Unfortunately, we played a lot like we did last year, um, and we may be an improved team, but because other teams in the division, specifically other teams in the NFC more broadly, are playing better than Washington. Even though we've made improvements, we're not seeing the, the, the benefits of that improvement in a postseason bid. Yeah, I, I, I think I would fall into the category. I hate to say it, is that um, I would love to. I would love another playoff appearance. I think that'd be great for changing the mindset, the culture in Washington, that this team like kind of, like this team just can't win, can't get out of its own way, but man this team needs a quarterback so bad, like so many of the issues we talk about and, and, and even before I joined your podcast like so many issues this team has faced has been a lack of a quarterback, you know Washington has not had an answer at quarterback crisis, Mark Ripper um, and so, like, you know, we thought that was going to be Brutal Pop three sticks, but, you know, that only lasted one season. And and I guess for a while, maybe you could say Kirk Cousins, but we saw how that ended up. So 
with that being the case, I think I'd kind of lean on, not that these guys are, are the answer, but maybe I would kind of lean to like not giving away too much for a guy that's not the answer first, you know, maybe having, you make your playoff appearance, you say you're drafting 17th again, but now you're going to have to give up a first and a second, maybe a player to go up and get, uh, you know, to go up and get a guy that may not be your guy. That you're just getting a guy because you need him, not because you really want him. Um, right. But hey, look at, you know, I think the winner of last year's draft was clearly the Patriots. And they didn't move. They, they just kind of went through their season. It didn't work out the way they planned. And look, one season they were down. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's just a kick in the teeth, isn't it? You know, some people always serve rich. What, what would you rather have, um, Maurice? Would you rather have Washington uh, draft a player and give up maybe substantial draft picks to get to get your quarterback or go in for one of these guys that is a proven veteran that could be an offseason acquisition, such as a Deshaun Jackson. I'm uh, sorry, Deshaun <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, different, different player. That's different. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Russell Wilson, potentially, Aaron Rodgers, potentially, Matt Ryan, potentially. Uh, I, I definitely would, would jump at the bit to get a Russell Wilson on Aaron Rodgers on our team because not only are those guys extremely talented, but they're leaders of men. And I think if you had a player of Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson's caliber on this team, I think you could see some dramatic increase and then dramatic improvement. I mean, hell, I think if you got Matt Ryan, you see a dramatic improvement. I mean, I definitely would say that Matt Ryan is better than a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, who barely played any games with Washington this year. So that's seven minutes. Seven minutes of games yeah. is what he played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But talk about playing blowing up in your face. You know, I mean, just think of all the offseason capital was spent talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and how he was going to do all these amazing things for the team. Like, all the decisions they made in the offseason as it relates to offense have not been good decisions. I mean, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hurt first game of the season. Uh, Curtis Samuel gets hurt in preseason and never really recovers. Logan Thomas gets hurt. You know, um, just, just, just key players. Just imagine where this team would be if those three players were active and they would help. Who probably would be, you know, have command stranglehold in a wild card spot in the NFC. But we don't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where I, I always say, like, I, I think this is where Coach Rivera should get, and all the other coaches should get a ton of credit. Because as much as we we look at Taylor Heineke as being, has done so well, Taylor Heineke was never the answer. Like, he was never going to be right. the solution to going ahead and winning all winning it all out. And he's been great, like, for what Taylor Heineke is, can't ask for anything more but 
they've had to go in without your your star quarterback or you know your supposed answer at quarterback your running back who's been in you know has been fumbly at times and injured others you um you've gotten um no production out of your drafted wide receiver you've gotten no production out of your uh out of your free agent acquisition wide receiver uh and it's it's like the whole season has leveraged on a lot of these pieces they went out and got that didn't nothing worked out it feels very much like kind of seasons of old that we've had where washington's gone out and and you know we got albert haynesworth and albert haynesworth is going to come in and really wreck offenses and and then he lay down on the field and did the worm <laughs> you know yeah, just sometimes guys don't work out and um I hope I hope Curtis Samuel works out. I hope that um, I hope I, I think William Jackson is somebody we've all come around on. You know, um, as a guy that uh, he struggled early, and then they figured out how to how to position him, and now he's done well. Um, you know, he hasn't given up this big plays like he did earlier in the season. Um, yeah, I, I think we we definitely John Bates is a guy that has come on well. You know, he's he's played a lot more than I think we expected for a supposed just blocking tight end. Right. But yeah, then um, I think when you kind of look at those pieces, I think the team has overachieved given the circumstances, not um, and not kind of what we've kind of what we've been given. So are you so you're in the camp that you wanna you wanna keep going, you wanna keep winning. If they lose Sunday and you're out of the playoffs, then what do you do? Are you on team keep trying to win or are you on team burn the thing down and try to get a high draft pick? I think it's I think you have a team trying to win. I mean I mean two weeks ago this team was in control of his own destiny. I mean the East was in the fight. And now, you know, when a two-game lose is, you know, they can find a way to beat to Dallas. I mean, they keep their season alive on life support. Um, they lose again, this is over. But I, 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 I take a page out of the, uh, uh, my man, uh, Herman, the coach, uh, for the Jets back in the day. And he said, Herman Edwards, Herman Edwards. He said, Herman uh, Edwards, yeah, Herman Edwards, Edwards. yeah. Yeah, you, say, you play to win the game. Hello. That's right. So you play to win the game. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, even if you don't make the playoffs, like I think winning eight games is a big deal because that's one more game that they won in the previous year, which would show improvement. Um, I don't think we want to regress. I think we want to progress. So, and, and the other thing, too, like the NFL is so volatile, you know, like you, if you if you win some games, you might find yourself right back into the playoff wild, wild card. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we we still have that. We still have a, a a game against the Eagles at home, and you go and yeah. win Sunday, and now the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be without their coach Sunday because right. he has right. COVID, had COVID, and shook Rondavira's hand, so he's tested right. positive for COVID. You don't know, like they could have the same issue they were complaining to us about, and they could also lose because they're also yeah. playing on a short week. We're playing on yeah. a short week and having to travel. So, um, 
I think this is one of those weird seasons where I'm taking it as I'm relishing every victory and I'm not getting too down about any loss because it's just a weird season. Like, I don't know that most teams, when they lose, look at the Texans, right? The Texans were a team that their star quarterback, who is amazing, not even playing. And then what happened? So you have a whole season where you just go out and lay an egg. And how many other teams have gone out and they've lost, you know, they go, they lose their quarterback week one, and they go and they just stink all season. Uh, remember the Colts did that, you know, when, when Peyton was injured. And then they just started, you know, they started the chant of suck for luck. And all season yeah. long, it was just, they just were a complete dog. And so I take it as, I see that this team has progressed even as we have gone to, you know, even if this team finishes with a losing record, uh, to me, it's still a progress. It's still success. And because they kept fighting for something and they stayed in the hunt the whole time. And what I will say is this, I'm ready for this. I want this offseason. I want them to push all in on every quarterback out there. I want to end this quarterback nightmare. It feels like if you don't have a quarterback, an answered quarterback, you don't have anything. And maybe that answer was Alex Smith. And we saw what happened with, you know, Washington there, right? Like we've tried so hard to get off of this quarterback carousel and it just is not happening. So I want them to push it on everybody. And that to me is my biggest offseason priority and my, my biggest, even my biggest this season priority is identify and go out and get and then once you do that, now lock up Terry McLaurin, lock up Dron Payne. Like, let's get these pieces in order so that this team can go out. And I hate to say it, but beat Dallas. I mean, Dallas looks like they've got weapons on everything. Their offense stinks, but their defense is fantastic. And we've got a defense that can be fantastic, but our offense stinks in times. And, and this is where we need. So give me, um, as we wrap it up, Maurice, um, Give me your prediction for Sunday evening. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know what? It's always hard. I, you know what? I'm going to just be a homer and say uh, Washington <laughs> 24, Dallas 23. You know, wow. I, I, know the, I know the odds makers are not going to look too kindly on that pick, but I just can't pick Dallas to beat Washington. I can't form those words from my mouth to say that. So I'm going to go watch the 24, Dallas 23. Uh, I think Heineke steps up, makes some uh, gutsy calls. I think the defense might get some turnovers. I think Dallas has shown offensively to turn the ball over that we can potentially capitalize on. And then if Antonio Gibson can't go, then maybe a healthy diet of Garrett Patterson with some fresh legs might be just with the doctor order. So still some of my thoughts about the upcoming game. You know, the one thing I will say about Taylor Heineke is that is he knows how to rise to the occasion. You saw that last year against the Bucks. You know, you saw it whenever he came in and like plays need to happen. Like I think like if Taylor had been active on Tuesday against the Eagles, Washington wins that game. And so Agreed. the fact that 
the and and he just has that extra that extra gear that you can't teach people that that spark that whatever it is like the lights are bright no lights seem to be too bright for him like maybe the first one look Dallas's defense played amazing and um, their offense just couldn't get there but hopefully they, they they scheme a little different they stop Michael Parsons they slow him down they they get some their weapons open but I think Taylor is a guy that you feel like even when you're losing, he can come back and take you and bring you back in this game. So I'm going to say, I don't know what the score is going to be. I think it's going to be close either way. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for Dallas, even if it looks like kind of like before that they just start handing it to you. I think Washington is going to have enough fight in them um, to go out there and, uh, and, to, and to go out there and, and beat them. Uh, they're not going to stop until until the, the, the game's over. And I will say this. Uh, here's one thing. Uh, we'll end on this. Uh, I guess Dan Snyder decided to go and 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 get the um, get the uh, heated benches. I guess he's been traveling these heated benches around the country. They were they appeared mm-hmm. for Washington. They appeared up in Philadelphia. Now they're down in Dallas. Dallas plays inside. It's going to be like 60 degrees. I don't know why you need a heat of bench. Um, right. But <laughs> do you, th- I mean, what, what do you think? It's going to be the battle of the benches Sunday night. You know, that's going to be the talk. Everybody's going to be like, Hey, look at Washington with their heated benches sitting there in a heated stadium. Uh, I, I wish Dan what? Snyder didn't, didn't quite like, uh, wasn't so, uh, I wish he would kind of back off how much he wants to be like Jerry Jones so badly. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, it's um you don't win you don't win or lose football games because of the sideline work. <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. But so anyway, I'm gonna say my prediction will be heated benches on Sunday. We're gonna have more heated benches than anybody else has had. Right. So, <laughs> all right. Well, have a safe trip. Have a Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully, you get to enjoy the game Sunday night. And we get to talk uh, Monday or Tuesday about uh, how our season is not over, it's still continuing. And we can press on to having the Eagles back at FedEx for a little revenge against their right. Tuesday night game. So, Merry Christmas, Maurice. Merry Christmas, Jonathan. All right. All right, we'll catch up with you guys uh, in a few days. All right.